Hey, we're so glad you decided to join us on YouTube. You're about to hear a message from our teaching team. We hope this message helps equip you for freedom and to find purpose in your everyday life. We stream our online services every Sunday. You can visit us at freedomhouse.cc live to connect with us and become part of our online campus. We know that you're gonna enjoy this message you're about to watch. How you guys doing? Come on everybody, how you doing? Let's get going. Let's get going. Yeah, the lights are on. It's, it's time to go now. Uh, I want to thank our online audience who's, uh, tuning, who are tuning in. Uh, we have been blessed to have an online audience for the first service and the second service. That's how God is moving. Not only that, man, did you drive in this parking lot that we have out here now? Boy, I know, those, I know the ladies out here. They love not walking on that gravel, boy. I mean, sometimes, so I, I, I was, we drove up one time, people were tiptoeing, <laughs> trying not to fall on that gravel, but thank God for that. But I'm, my name is Justin Griffin. I'm a part of the teaching team here. Um, I'm also a part of uh, the Strong Men's men, Ministry. And let me hear all you guys say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, $15 can get you one night away from your whole family. $15 will get you fed. You can come out here. We're not going to have church long. We're going to We're going to hang out with each other. Just $15 right now. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Kim and I have four boys. I can't wait for one night. That's good. Go to one night and get away. But, um, but you know what? We have all this, the stuff, the building that we're in, the one nights and the, and the authentic uh, conference that we have. All this came by way of two people obeying the voice of God, leaving Virginia and coming down here and starting the church. There's one verse in the Bible that I, I, would, I would always keep in my heart is obedience is better than sacrifice. You know, when you don't do what God tells you to do, you don't know what you're giving up. I mean, that's, uh, you don't know what you're giving up. When you marry somebody you're not supposed to marry, you don't know who you're supposed to be with. You can hook up with somebody, they may, may bring all kind of hell into your life. That's why it's obedient. That's, that's why it's good to always do what God tells you to do. And uh, we thank God for Pastor Troy and Pastor Penny. But I want to acknowledge my, also I want to acknowledge my wife who made it. I left her with our boys, and I know that house was very chaotic when I left. Everybody crying, everybody trying to run out. But Kim has a way of getting everybody lined up when we need to get out the door. And Kim, thank you for being here. But before I get started, I'm going to pray and then we're going to get right into it, okay? Lord, thank you for this awesome opportunity that I have to speak to your people. We know that the flower fades and the grass withers, but your word will stand forever. I ask you right now, whatever the enemy is trying to do to keep this word from going forth, God, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have your way, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're in, uh, I'm pretty sure this is the last week of the series called Tame Your Tongue. In this series, we want God, God's people to pay attention to what they say. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. 
It seems like God would have chosen another body, body part. It seemed like God would have chosen a body part that had a little more power. If it was me, I can see this verse saying, the biceps have the power to lift more weights. I can also see this verse saying the glutes and the hamstrings have the power to carry more weight. But no, God chose the smallest muscle, muscle that has a lot of power. He chose the tongue. The tongue is so powerful that it has the power of life and death, which tells me however you choose to use your words, it will send you in a direction. If you are speaking life into your life, if you are speaking truth into your life and truth to people around you, then life will be your destination. If you are speaking healing into your life and healing to the people that are around you, then life will be your destination. If you are speaking hate in your life and hate to the people around you, then death will be your destination. You have to be careful on how you talk because when you say your words, they will place some type of identity on you. Kim and I have four boys. And we were having a conversation one time. We were talking and going on. And our second son, Dylan, comes running up. Dylan made this statement. And upon making this statement, Dylan, I can tell Dylan heard this, this statement somewhere before. Dylan knew when to go high. He, went to know, he, he knew when to go low. He, just, he, knew how to, he knew how to say this thing exactly the way he heard it. And I, when he left, and I looked at Kim when this boy left. I looked at her. I said, Kim, that boy sounds just like you. <laughs> he sounds just like you. It's amazing. It was, it's amazing how I was able to identify one of Kim's sayings and one of our boys. I have a question for you. When you talk, can people identify you as being one of God's children. Can people tag you as being God's child by the words that are coming out of your mouth? Do you speak hope? Do you speak love? Do you speak healing? Do you speak peace? Or do you speak hate? Do you speak joy? Or do you speak a hatred towards everyone? God, your words will place some type of identity on you. Jesus gives us a perfect example of how powerful your words can be. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus encountered a man that was lying on a mat. Jesus looked at this man. He said, take up that mat and walk. This man obeyed Jesus and started walking. Jesus' words took this man from a comfortable place into a place where he was moving again. In John chapter 11, Jesus encountered a dead man by the name of Lazarus. Lazarus was dead. He was in a tomb. Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus came forth out of the tomb. Jesus' words took this man from a dead, dark place into a place where he was living again. Jesus also encountered one more man. By the, he was, Jesus encountered this man. He was blind. And Jesus said, go wash your eyes in the pool of Siloam. 
This man obeyed Jesus. He went and washed his eyes and he was able to see again. Jesus' words took this man from a place where he was seeing darkness. Now he can see light. Your question, my question for you today, what are your words doing? What are your words doing? When Jesus spoke, he brought light into a dark place. When Jesus spoke, he brought healing into a place. Are your words causing people to come to light? Are your words providing healing? Are we speaking life into our marriages? Are we speaking life into our children? Are we speaking life into our churches? Are we speaking life into our neighborhoods? What are your words doing? But you know what I've noticed in my own life? It's hard for me to speak what God wants me to say if I can't hear what he wants me to say. I've learned over the years that it's not wise to just go and say whatever you want to say and God didn't tell you to do it. I've learned that you can avoid a whole lot of arguments in your marriage when you learn what to say. I've learned that. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 6 in the message translation. It says, listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he is the one who will keep you on track. We have to listen for God's voice. God's voice will tell you who to marry and not to marry. God's voice will tell you to do the deal or not do the deal. God's voice will tell you to go to this place or not go to this place. It's so important for us to listen to God's voice because God's voice takes us to life, not death. I want to give you three areas that you have to overcome so you can hear what God wants you to say. The first area is the environment. The environment. Are your environments keeping you from hearing what God wants you to say? So Kim and I, again, we have four boys. And one day we were talking, and the, the bad thing that happened to us, Kim and I, is that we allowed this lady to come into our house and just sit on our counter. This lady comes into our house, and her name is Alexa. Alexa, we allowed this lady to come into our house. Not only that, we gave our boy somebody that they can say anything to, and she would do it. Whatever it, whatever it was. So Kim and I were having this conversation, and we had one of our boys that come up, Brody. He comes up, and he said, Alexa, Alexa, can you play level up? And so, Alexa, of course, she's going to say, yes, I can play level up for you, Brody. So here it is. She started, she started saying level up, level up, and that, that dog on Brody started dancing. It, boy, it's hard to have a conversation when the music is going so loud, and then your boy is up there kicking and going on and all that kind of stuff. That, bro, it was so hard to have a I kept saying, Kim, what did you say? What did you, what are you saying? And the music is still going, level up, level up, level up, level up. And Brody's like, and Brody's kicking and dancing, all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, it gets quiet, and we had to start a conversation all, all over again. All over again. So we start over again, we're talking and all that. Then my second son, Dylan, comes up. He comes up, Alexa, can you play blah, blah, blah? 
And then Alexa, okay, I'll play blah, blah, blah. And, all, and we, we in this conversation so loud. It's like, all you got to do is do it, blah, blah, blah. Then, 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 blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Alexa, what are you, Kim, what are you saying? What are you saying? What's going on? What are you saying? What are you saying? It was too loud. I couldn't hear. It's quiet, it's quiet down. And then all of a sudden, we start a conversation all over again. And then our third son comes up. Logan comes up. Logan's at this time, he's only two. Logan comes up and he asks for this song that I know he heard either myself say or somebody else. This song, Logan said, Alexa, can you play Atomic Dog by George Clinton? <laughs> and then Alexa, she, <laughs> she starts saying, yes, I will play this song by Atomic Dog. Why must I chase the, nothing but the dog? And Logan's in there dancing and going on and having a good time. And all, I'm so loud in the house that I missed the whole conversation. Can your environment be so loud that you cannot hear anything that God is telling you. Can you have, you have so much stuff going on that you can't even hear what God is telling you to say. I got messed up one time. I was, it was back in 2004, my second year of playing professional football. And, and I messed up so bad on this play because I allowed the environment to get me. It got me. So I'm going to explain what happened to me and I'm going to make it so plain that all the females, if you don't know anything about football, you're going to know after this. And all the, all the guys, I mean, you're going to know exactly what happened to me on the play. So here we are. We're sitting. It's, it's after we've had halftime, and we're just sitting and we're waiting. And sometimes you have these 30-second timeouts, and some of those timeouts are like 15 seconds. So here we are. We're sitting. Mike Vick walks in the huddle. And we're getting down, and I'm sitting and Mike Vick said, we're going to run our left 19 release. So all the ladies in the house, if you want to run to the right in football, your number is going to be an even number, 2468. If you're going to run to the left side, your number, number is going to be all odd numbers. 135, 19, it can be whatever it is, it's going to be an odd number. So here we are, I'm sitting in the huddle. Mike said, all right, we're going to run our left 19 release. About that time, I, I, I start noticing the jumbotron. I started looking up at what was going on at the jumbotron. And then all of a sudden, I looked in the stands. There's a fight just broke out in the stands. So here I got the jumbotron, and I have what's going on in the stands, and all of a sudden, ready, break. I said, oh, man, what was the, what's the play? <laughs> so... I get in my stance, I get in my stance, and Mike says, down, said, hut, now the play should be going left, and old Justin takes off right. <laughs> I took off right. The bad part about it is the guy who made the tackle on the running back was the guy I should have been blocking. I allowed my I allowed the environment around me to keep me from completing my assignment. Can you have so much going on around you that you cannot hear your assignment? All the stuff that's going on around us, stuff's going on in our country, stuff going on all over the place. 
Can you, can you be so focused on the stuff that's going on around you that you are missing what God is trying to tell you? Because you can't say what he wants you to say if, you can't, if you're not paying attention to what he wants you to say. All the stuff that's going around. See, and then after this, I, I got so bad on myself. Then I said, you know what? After reading this, I wasn't the first one that got duped like this. Peter started this mess a long time ago. <laughs> he started this a long time ago. So here, here's Peter. Peter had gotten himself in an environment where Jesus had gotten arrested at this time. He was arrested, and the Bible tells us that he was on trial. The Pharisees, the chief priests of the law, they were questioning Jesus. They said, are you the son of man? And so Peter got around this crowd. All they wanted to do was crucify Jesus. And so this question came up to Peter. It says, are you one of the ones who walk with Jesus? And Peter said, no. Now, Peter, you just said, you, you, you saw Jesus walk on water. You saw him heal the blind. You saw him tell a lame man to get off his mat. He said, no, I don't know him. In this environment, Peter denied the, one tr the only true king. So it, came, it comes up again. Peter is walking. All of a sudden, this girl asks Peter, Peter, aren't you one of the ones that walk with Jesus? Again, Peter said, no. Peter, man, you know better than telling that lie. Peter said, no. I'm not one of the ones. This question was asked to him three times. He was in an environment they were not on the side of Jesus. So this question comes up. Peter, are you one of the ones who walk with Jesus Christ? Peter said, I am not one of the ones. About this third time, Peter started cussing and all that kind of stuff. And he denied Jesus. He denied Jesus three times in an environment that wasn't on his favor. Watch the environment that you allow yourself to get into that would cause you to start talking differently than you would normally talk. Are you guys getting anything out of this? Number one, your environment. Number two, your situations. Are you allowing certain situations to keep you from hearing what God wants you to say? You know what? Situations can dictate how you talk. So about a year and a half ago, two years ago, y'all remember we did, we had this series called My Messy Life. You remember that series? You're talking about all the mess and God can take your mess and turn it into a mess. It's some, some hardships you've gone through your life and it was a mess while you were going through it. Then all of a sudden you see the message on the other side of it. So here I am, I was in South End preaching. I was down south there and preaching. And I was talking about my messy life. And I, I, I kind of shared with the crowd how we went through a whole lot of mess trying to get this restaurant up. And then I had this health scare that came up. I had this health scare that came up. So uh, I told them about the restaurant. Then the next thing I told them about was that I found out that I had a, a tumor on the left side of my brain. And then I was talking about how it scared me and all that. Well, about two months ago, about three months ago, I had these, these headaches. I had this feeling in my head that I said, you know what? I need to go down to this guy who was in Florida to get my brain checked out. So I flew down. I flew down to Florida to have this, this MRI done on my brain, a DTI done on my brain. So I went down, got the brain x-rayed, 
came back home and the guy calls us in a week. The doctor calls us in a week. So Kim and I, we were in, <clears throat> we were in my office and uh, the doctor calls and said, Justin, we have the results from your, from your MRI. So we're sitting and going on. He said, Justin, you test positive for TBI. TBI is traumatic brain injury. Traumatic brain injury. Here I am. All right, God, I, can have, I already have one thing to deal with. Now I have another thing to deal with. See, now this is the situation I'm in right now. I mean, I just I test positive for a, a traumatic brain injury. Man, I stopped playing in the NFL 10 years ago. So I had, so my brain has it's all this time to heal itself, but it's injured. So now my, it's a little different when you have to walk in faith and when you are going, going through it. That's different. It's easy to talk faith when you're not going through anything. It's harder to go to talk, talk in faith when you have to step out on all and you don't have anybody stepping out. This is something that I have to deal with. So here I am. I noticed that I allowed this, this situation to change how I was talking. At this, at this time, I'm not talking about healing anymore. Because I said, God, you would have healed me if you, you could, you could take care of this. So here I am, I'm, I'm quiet, I'm not talking, I'm not talking faith, I'm not talking healing. And I'm in this, I'm, I'm kind of in this, this, this whole drought area in my life because I have two things to deal with. But you know what? what? What going through that, I was able to relate to how Martha felt one time. In John chapter 11, verse 21, I'm able to relate to this now. The Bible says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, listen to this. Lazarus is dead now. The word comes to Jesus. Martha said, Jesus, your friend Lazarus is dead. Jesus stayed where he was for a few more days. Jesus comes up on the scene. After a few days, this man has already been dead. He comes up on the scene and Martha meets him in his tracks. She said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would, have, would not have died. I can relate to that. Have you ever felt like, God, can you just go on and take care of this right now? Can you just go on and heal me right now? Can you go on and open the door right now? Why do I have to experience the dead things before you would do something? But you know what? God, he, he specializes in dead, ugly, stinking things. That's when he shows up. When it's almost out of control, then he shows up. So here it is. She makes this statement. And then right after this, she said, even now, I know that you are able to do it. Can't you see this woman battling stuff, battling what's going on inside of her? At one moment, she's doubting God. On the next moment, she has the faith the size of a mustard seed. If you would have been here, even now, I know you can do it. If you would have been here on time, even now, have you ever had that going on in your own life? Almost like, God, if you, would, if you can just show up and take care of this, and God said no, and then he's like, okay, even now, I know you can do it. That's why it's so important for you to come to the house of the Lord so you can get the word that's going to help you take that next step. Get the word that's going to help you take that next step. So I'm sitting in this bed. I'm, I'm like, oh, man, what's next for me, God? Do, am I going to be one of the guys who's 
suffering with CTE, am I going to be one of the guys who, those guys, man, when they suffer bad, you, most of them, they commit suicide. Am I one of those guys, God, that's, I'm going to come, I'm going to end up like that? I said, you got to give me a word. And when you ask God for a word, however he sends it to you, you better take it. However he sends it to you, you better take it. So I asked God for a word, and the word came through my lovely wife. The word came through my lovely wife. So here it is. I, I, I walked down in my office one day, and there's a card on my, on my desk. And it was unexpected. I was going through, the, going through whatever, I, whatever I was going through, and here it is. I get this card, and it says, Justin. You are doing a great job at all the roles you play each and every day. Don't give up just because you can't see what's around the corner. You've got to not do all the thinking. I love this part. Take some real time to listen for your next move. In the meantime, keep up the hustle. You got this. Man, I took that. God spoke to me. I don't, know if, I don't know when he's going to heal me or if he's going to heal me. My, my job is to keep stepping. My job is to keep stepping. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know if God's going to open that door right away or not, but your job is to just to keep moving. You can't stop here. I heard one man say, boy, if you're going through hell, don't stop now. Well, if you're going through hell, hell is the bad place for you to take a break. moving it's gonna work out for you whatever it is you just gotta keep moving it's gonna work out for it no I don't like it I don't like dealing with this stuff I just gotta keep moving I can't stop right now I just gotta keep doing what I'm doing that's why I'm on this stage I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing all right the first environment the first one is the environment the second is the situation and the third one is the secret place the secret place the secret place go with me to Matthew chapter 9, verse 32 and 33. While they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus, and when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. I love how that reads because it's almost like once you get it out of you, you can talk again. You can move again. The crowd was so amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. All right, I got eight minutes to get this to you. I got to run through chapter nine so I can get you to this point right here. Because if I don't run through chapter nine, you won't understand what, I, what, 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 what just happened on this thing. So here we go. Are you ready? I got this. I got this in eight minutes. I got this. So chapter 9 starts out with Jesus. And I want you, every time Jesus does something, let's notice his words. Let's notice his words. So chapter 9 starts out, Jesus encounters a man who's lying on a mat. That Jesus heals the man. He said, take up that mat and walk. Well, the Pharisees heard what he said, and they said, he's blaspheming. So upon knowing this, Jesus said, why are you thinking like this? Is it easier for me to say, son, your sins are forgiven or take up thy mat and walk? And then Jesus makes this statement so that you would know I have power on earth to forgive sin. Take up thy mat and walk. Notice Jesus' words. 
He healed one and he's teaching all at the same time. Jesus leaves that scene. He leaves that scene. He goes and now he runs into a man by the name of Matthew. Matthew is a tax collector. Jesus walks up to a tax collector and he says, follow me. Matthew didn't even second guess Jesus. Guess what he started doing? He started following Jesus. Some of us, if Jesus said, follow him, we're going to say, why? Why do you want me to follow you, Jesus? Why? <laughs> Jesus said, follow me. And the Bible tells us Matthew got up and walked with Jesus. That later on that evening, Jesus ended up in Matthew's house. The Bible tells us that he had a party with all tax collectors and sinners. Well, there was a question from the Pharisees. They said, why do your teacher have supper and partying with all tax collectors and sinners? Almost like, why, are, why is Jesus sitting there having a party with everybody in the IRS building? <laughs> now, the IRS people, they're just doing their job. Sometimes they can feel, you feel like they are evil. But here it is. <laughs> He said, he's having a party with all the tax collectors and sinners. He said, Jesus said, I've come not to those who, are those who are saved, but those who are lost. You remember that in the Bible? I've come not to them, to those who are saved. And so he moves on, and then Jesus, he starts teaching. His word starts teaching. So here he is. He started talking about the bridegroom. He started talking about the bridegroom because the question came up, why don't your disciples fast? Jesus says, as long as I'm here, they will not fast. But there will come a time when I will leave and they will fast. So he moved and then all of a sudden Jesus started talking about wineskins. He said, you cannot, put wine, old, uh, you cannot put new wine into old wineskins or, we'll, or you, it's going to burst. You have to put new wine into new wineskins. So Jesus is teaching, he's healing, and now he moves on. Well, Jesus was approached by a man, a ruler, who he said his daughter is dead. And he said, if you come to my house, I know she will live. Well, Jesus gets up, and then all of a sudden, a woman, a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, comes up behind Jesus, and she touched him. And the Bible tells us, when she touched Jesus, Jesus said, who touched me? Because of the woman's faith. And Jesus looked at her, and she said, lady, your faith has healed you. So Jesus heals somebody as he's going to raise somebody from the dead. So he gets to the ruler's house. They, they got a party going on because the girl is dead. They have a party going on. The girl is dead. Flutes and songs. And Jesus said, what is this mess going on? The girl is not dead. The girl is only sleeping. So he drives the party out, walks back there, grabs the girl, raises her from the dead. And Jesus, his words, she's living. The man is set free. The man is off the mat. Look at his words and look at what he's doing while he is walking to this verse 32. So he leaves this. There are two blind men following Jesus saying, son of David, have mercy on us. They followed Jesus into a room. Jesus looks at them and says, do you think I can heal you? That's, that's kind of a funny question for the king of kings to say, do you think I can heal you? Of course we know you can heal them. And did, but Jesus asked those guys that question, do you think I can heal you? And they said, yes. He said, be it to your faith that I am able to do that. Do you remember that? So he heals two blind men, and now he comes to verse 32. Man. Now, he's at verse 32. While they were going out, a man 
who was demon-possessed and could not talk, was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been, he, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was so amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. Now, I, went, I took you through chapter 9 because if you go to chapter 9 right now, you're going to see red marks all through the Bible. Jesus is talking this whole time. Red marks all over the place. One man, he said, get up, take up that mat and walk. And then he's talking about the wineskins and the bridegroom, all the red marks in the Bible. Until he gets here, there's not one red mark in the Bible. The Bible tells us a man who was mute and had a demon and did, could not speak, the Bible tells us the demon was driven out, but we don't know how. We don't know why. We don't know how Jesus did it. The man... The man had a problem on the inside that he cannot express on the outside. He can talk. He was, he, he was mute and he had a demon and he can express it on the outside. Do you have something that you are dealing with on the inside that you can't say on the outside? Are you dealing with something that you necessarily can't say in church? Some of us might be dealing with a marriage that you don't like. Some of us might be dealing with that I might be questioning my gender right now. Some of us might be dealing with, I, you know what, I, I, I don't like the church that I go to. I, I don't like the husband that I'm sitting beside right now. I don't like that. And here's Jesus. Here's Jesus. The Bible tells us he got to this man and the demon had driven out, was driven out. Look at here. A word from God is powerful. It's very powerful. But guess what else is powerful? Just his presence alone is powerful too. The best thing that you, have, you, you could have done this morning was to show up at church with all the problems that you have. The Bible tells us that after the demon was driven out, the one who could not talk spoke again. I'm telling you, if you, whatever you are dealing with, if God, if you allow God to get into that place, whatever it is, somebody might be sitting and saying, you know what, I thought I'd be married by now. I thought I had kids by now. I thought my child would be here right now. Oh, I thought my marriage would be here right now. And you can't necessarily say it. The best thing for you to do is bring it to Jesus. Stay in his presence. Because if anybody is going to give you any kind of peace, guess who's going to give it to you? Jesus is going to give you the peace. He's going to give you the joy that you're looking for, the hope that you're looking for, the peace that you're looking for. I love how this verse reads because it said, once the demon was driven out, the mute man spoke again. See, God has a way of getting your life back to you. He has a way of turning the situation around. There's hope that's coming back into your life. Once you bring it to Jesus, your life can be brand new. And then all of a sudden the Bible said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. What God is going to do for you, they saw you one way, but the next time they see you, you'll be a totally different person. Your situation will be different. How you look at things will be different. God can turn anything around, but you have to bring it to him. Stand to your feet. I got it all out. Stand to your feet. I don't know who... I don't know what you're going through. 
I allowed, at one point, I allowed the devil to have private victories in my life until I got the presence of God. Even in my, in, in my office, just one word, just that one word drove him out. Whoever you are, don't you allow the enemy to keep you from talking. Don't you allow the enemy to, start, to get you to start talking negative about your life just because of your present situation? This situation may not last long. The Bible tells us we've been made to do it for a night, but joy comes around. It's joy in the morning. Just right around the corner, you can have a totally new experience, but you have to stay in the presence of God. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed. If you want God to come into your heart that's the place that he really wants that place that secret place he wants that place he wants to be the head of your life he wants to change your whole world around he wants to start making things brand new the bible tells us when he steps in he washes away all of your sins and guess what they will never be remembered he washes all the way all of them away so if you're in this room and you want God to be the head of your life. I'm asking you to throw that hand up as fast as you can throw that hand up. I see them. I see them. I see them. Anybody else? You want God to come in and just, you need, you need something new. You need to start talking again, walking again, seeing life again. I see those hands. I'm praying right now. God, we thank you right now for everything that you've done. And what you're doing we love you we thank you for your son jesus christ for coming down to die for our sins giving us a chance to have life and life abundantly god now god we ask you to forgive us all of our sins and help us to be who you've called us to be thank you for making us new thank you for taking that place in our heart god and and being there and we we claim your presence right now in the name of jesus take our situations Take our homes, take our marriages, take our lives, God. Do what you want to do, God. The Bible says you are the potter and we are the clay. We thank you for everything that you've done. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and join us for online services. If you'd like to learn more about Freedom House or how you can become part of our church, visit our website at freedomhouse.cc.